who's got more upside and who's too small and who's too big or who's too raw. I mean, we, there's clear there's certainly a lot of talent with them. When you look at all of the projected first-round picks at quarterback, who do you look at and think has the best shot at having a really good or the best NFL career? Hey, good to be with you guys. I, I mean, it's, it's hard not to look at Bryce Young, and I know he's shorter than your typical quarterback prospect, but this guy has delivered at every level, high school, uh, you're rising to be, you know, one of the top quarterback recruits in the country. You're going to Alabama, winning a Heisman Trophy. The only thing he didn't do was win a, a national championship as a starter, but he did so many other good things. You know, how is this game going to translate to the NFL level? I, I think he'll 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 do well. You know, I think each of the other guys, and, and I again, I'm one of these people who feels very confident in C.J. Stroud. I know there's been a lot of uh, questions lately about you know testing and um, you know comprehending the game. I thought he was a very efficient consistent uh your quarterback who showed against georgia in his final college game what a competitor he is and uh, i think he's also going to do well I, I have more questions about richardson and, and levis i actually think Kenan hooker could end up being a really good pro the issue there is you know how, how how will he adjust to a different level of offense in the nfl and then how is he coming off of that injury because and i wrote about this a few weeks ago you know he's 25 years old you know he doesn't have three years to develop into something He's got to hit the ground running and be a contributor right away. But I, the more I, I know about and learn about Hendon Hooker, I think he's going to be a good pro as well. And, and when you bypass a player, you better be right. I mean, we look at teams that went and, and skipped over, you know, Pat Mahomes, skipped over Deshaun Watson, skipped over other players who all of a sudden now are franchise quarterbacks, right? Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud. Houston, do you think that they actually go as a defender, or do you think that they actually just pull the trigger on Stroud? Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I mean, talking to somebody in Chicago who who you know, knows about passing on good quarterbacks, like you <laughs> yeah. just mentioned, and and I, you know, Houston, it, it, you could be, you could look back in a similar vein, but if they are not sold on on Stroud or any of those other guys being you know, true difference makers. We know that there's some difference makers on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think Will Anderson is one of the safest picks you can make as far as a disruptor and an elite a, elite player at the NFL level. Um, I think Tyree Wilson is fascinating because he's got so many of the traits that NFL teams love. And talking to some coaches in the league this week, they brought that up, that you know, you know the NFL loves freaky traits, and he has plenty of them. Uh, but it'll be, you know, again, I, I don't see this quarterback class as, you know, as talented as these guys are being maybe what next year's quarterback class will be headlined by Caleb Williams when I think there's more can't miss or you're close to can't miss guys at that position. So I, I, it wouldn't be completely like non-justified if, if Houston does go with a defensive player, because I think those top end defenders, there's several of them who will be impact players right away in the NFL. Adam, I really want to ask you about Colorado football, but it's the stupid draft, so instead I'm going to ask you about <laughs> Jalen Carter. I know, um, it's fascinating. So Jalen Carter, obviously not the best workout. There's the off-the-field stuff, but I'd say he's probably the best defensive lineman prospect in a couple of years here. Do you really see him slipping out of the top ten, and do you think that he should from just what you've seen you know, on film, on the field? No, I, I don't think he's going to slip out of the top ten. Um, and, you know, again, NFL teams will never say this, but it is – somewhat position specific when you're evaluating character and I think that NFL teams are more willing to maybe take a risk on a defensive lineman as opposed to a quarterback um, I, I think if he had the same exact profile at the quarterback spot he could slip 
but because he's a defensive lineman and, you know, I think that, that it's, 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 you know, it's less important, I, I would say, um, uh, but, but still valued by a lot of teams. I, I just can't see him falling well below five, if at all below five. You look at the Seattle Se- uh, Seahawks and Pete Carroll, I had an NFL coach bring this up to me this week, an assistant saying, you know, going through the list of, of Pete Carroll guys that he's essentially rehabbed uh, who had these same issues coming in and have done very well for him. Frank Clark's a good example uh, there with the Seahawks. So I, I, I don't see him dropping uh, past the top ten and, and mo- most likely not past number five. When you look at the running back position in the NFL, yeah, they're just – kind of discarded it feels like now there's there's not the same level of appreciation for them yet we've got a running back in this draft in Bijan Robinson that we've seen mocked going number eight to the Falcons 10 to the Eagles how much better is Bijan Robinson than essentially any other running back in this draft and what's his potential at the NFL level yeah I mean generational was a word that that uh, an NFL running backs coach told me this week about Bijan um, likened him to LaDainian Tomlinson, and certainly if he comes close to having that type of career uh, at, the, at the pro level, then, then that will be a, a pick that's worth making uh, fairly high in the first round. The problem is you look at some of these similar generational-type running back prospects, uh, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott are two of them, and you know those guys are obviously Zeke is still playing uh, and played at a high level for a while. Saquon, but they haven't been like you know just a wow, oh my God, Hall of Fame type players. So I, I think that's the concern is even when you have when you enter the draft with this type of hype, um, what are you actually going to be at the next level? And even a guy like 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 Tomlinson, I mean, he he thrived at a time when the running back position was looked at a little bit differently, and it wasn't as much of a passing league with the quarterbacks that you have right now. So I, I think Bijan's a tremendous player. You saw that at Texas. You know, he, was, he was looked at as, as the most talented uh, player, uh, offensive player in the Big 12 last year by coaches in that league. And, and I do think there's a gap. I, I think people like Tamir Gibbs from Alabama. Um, and, you know, I, I really like Zach Charbonnet from UCLA and scouts I talked to last year. I think he's one of the more uh, reliable, steady picks that you can make. At, at that position, uh, Tajay Spears from Tulane, who was terrific in their run to a uh, Cotton Bowl championship, is another interesting back. But th- there's a big gap between Bijan and everyone else at that position. Yeah. So following up on that, and Nick mentioned that you know that he's being mocked to go eight to the Falcons, mocked to go ten to to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, both of those teams don't really make a lot of logical sense, considering that the Falcons have two running backs already. And that's just not really what the Philadelphia Eagles do, especially they want to prioritize the line of scrimmage and maybe get somebody on the edge. Where do you think Bijan goes, and and do you think one of those teams actually does try to go get him? It's so hard to predict who will go with the running back because everybody has other needs. Everybody has other needs that are fulfilled with players that that are typically drafted in the first round. There's a lot of offensive tackles on the board. Can you ever have enough offensive tackles or even guys that have the potential to play tackle? Peter Skronsky, I know a lot of people talk about him as a guard because of the arm length. I saw him play left tackle at an extremely high level just up the road at Northwestern for what was mostly a bad team, and he held his own against some really good linemen. So it's very, very tough when you have those other needs to say, you know what? We're going to do it. We're going to draft a running back, and we're going to hope he works out. But, um, but, but you could also be bold and, and, and take that. Take that uh, someone's going to draft him. I, I, I don't know if it'll be Atlanta. I don't know if it'll be Philly. or, or yeah, I know there's been, some, there's been some talk about Detroit. But uh, you know, Bijan is, is not going to fall too far deep in the first round. 
Who's your favorite DB in the draft? You know, and how big of a drop off would it be from like Witherspoon to maybe you know like a guy like Christian Gonzalez or uh, even Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean, I love Joey's aggressiveness. You got to kind of be okay with that, and that he's going to uh, you know make some plays for you, and also let, let some plays be made against him. But I think you know his pedigree, obviously, with his dad, uh, you know, playing in an aggressive defensive scheme at Penn State under Manny Diaz. That's interesting. I was just out at Oregon, guys, and you know they they obviously rave about Christian Gonzalez and what he was able to do. For, for their defense, you know, Tosh Lupoy, who's their defensive coordinator, came directly from the NFL and, and obviously believes that Christian's going to be a high-level player. I also look at, at, at Witherspoon. You know, Ryan Walters, who is the defensive coordinator at Illinois last year and the Purdue head coach, uh, runs a very unique scheme and, and, and one that really brought out the best out of a Witherspoon and a Sidney Brown and some of those other defensive players from Illinois. So I, th- I think he's a guy that, if in the right system and used the right way, clearly has tremendous ability it just took some time for you know him to to find that right fit in college but he really capitalized when he had that chance a lot of people talking about Hendon Hooker now moving into the first round it's the the conversation's gotten louder and look he came off a season where he was hurt but that Tennessee offense was incredible some people hold that against him I'm a big believer in the right system a quarterback can succeed can Hendon Hooker be a starting quarterback in the NFL yeah I think he can and uh, I think again system is important who's coaching him is important. Uh, you know, clearly Josh Heupel and Alex Golish at Tennessee found something in his game that Justin Fuente and the folks at Virginia Tech just weren't able to identify. And you know, he became this incredible record-setting player. He obviously has the leadership qualities. And you know, being an older player, I think he's going to be able to get into an NFL locker room and be comfortable enough in who he is and what he's accomplished to connect with those guys you know, can he do it physically? Can he adjust to a, a more complicated scheme than the one that they run at Tennessee and, and have and have success? That, that's the question. But again, the more I, I I hear about him and and his story and people that that are around him and coach him, I, I know that uh, you know they there, there's a lot of optimism that he can make that transition. Uh, you know, we've got this trend now, uh, Adam, of you know pairing quarterbacks with receivers or offensive players, running backs that they had in college. Uh, that's now there's getting some steam that Stroud might be paired with JSN uh, in Houston. Uh, what's your thought about that that philosophy and how it's it's just really becoming very popular over the last couple of years? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, these guys don't they don't they don't only work together on the on game day, but they're in practice, they're in off season workouts. Um, you know, and I mean, you could pair C.J. Stroud with a number of players from Ohio State. You could pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, who will be the top receiver drafted and likely a top five pick. So uh, Ohio State has a lot of options uh, at receiver to pair with whatever quarterback is coming out. You know, obviously C.J. and Jackson haven't didn't play a whole lot last year, unfortunately, together because uh, of Jackson's injury. But he was a tremendous. Uh, a weapon for, for Ohio State back in uh, the 2021 season. We all remember what he did in the Rose Bowl against a you know pretty talented Utah team that puts puts defensive players in the NFL. So it's definitely a, an option. But when, when you know CJ Stout due to so many different receivers at Ohio State, so many guys who will go to the NFL if they haven't already. Uh, so I, I don't think it's necessarily a must if you're you know houston or whatever team it is to try to pair those two guys together adam rittenberg always appreciate the time thanks for coming on with us great stuff thanks thanks for having me guys yeah i was looking at a mock draft right now just now guys charles davis nfl network he put hendon hooker to the commanders at 16 get out of here these people are jokes that's 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 just they really are clowns i'm seeing stuff that's insane it's bet mg on the night